Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head Welcome cannon. to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, a uh, gentleman who he's graced the show with his presence multiple yes. times. I don't know, three, four times already. And uh, I think this, will be number four. this will be number four. Yeah. Not uh, enough times. Not enough. <laughs> yeah, quite a few, but nowhere near enough. Mr. Josh Halterman, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, doing well. Yeah. Awesome. What do you what? So, what have you been up to? What was the last title we covered with you? Let's see. I think we did the mist, didn't we? And you guys oh, just put that one up. The I mist. Think. Yeah, I fucking love the mist. Yeah. Yeah, really fantastic movie. Um, and this is not a segue at all, but I think didn't we discuss this movie back then? We did. Oh, break, we we break not to talk about it yet. No, because we we've been talking about doing this one for a little while now. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did mention it. We foreshadowed this episode on that episode, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's true. But. But no, Halterman just, you know, uh, stays, uh, choosing my favorite movies for this, this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I do, as we've talked about many times, I do watch, uh, far too many movies. Uh, recently my whole thing I've gotten into, um, I, I rewatched all of Jordan Peele's movies, you know, including the new Candyman, which I gotta say, like, got some uh, unnecessary flack, you know? I thought that movie was decent. It's fun, you know, yeah. for a horror movie. I haven't, um, I haven't so, caught yeah, that good stuff there. I got I to be honest, though. A lot of people point to, like, Get Out as being his best movie, but I really love Nope. I, I thought it was fantastic, like, from start to finish. I mean, but it also speaks to, like, people who are into film and stuff. So I, I think we might have chatted about this once, but really, really amazing movie. And then I was also watching a lot of indie films lately, the stuff that I kind of had uh, on the back of my list. Um, if you haven't seen this B.J. Novak movie, Vengeance, um, really incredible. And it came out right at the beginning of like when theaters were opening after COVID. And I think it flew under the radar. Uh, really underrated movie. Really fantastic movie. Um, it, it's about a, you know, a blogger from um, like New York who, moved, who goes to Texas to investigate this whole murder of an ex-girlfriend whose family thought they were really close, but he barely knew her. They looked up like twice oh. and they're like, Oh, you got to come to her funeral and go through this whole thing. Um, it starts with that premise, but then unravels into this really fantastic movie. So like vengeance was, uh, yeah, really, really good. Huh. Um, and so, and, 
And and BJ Novak is is he the main character? I assume he's like the main character, writer, director, writer. producer. Like he oh, did everything too. in it. And so again, like when you watch it, oh, and Ashton Kutcher's in it, acting his ass off. And I was like, whoa, the Kutch coming out of nowhere—that's pretty <laughs> fantastic. But uh, yeah, Vengeance, Vengeance was really really good. I enjoyed that a lot. And then I also got to um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. You know, yeah. which I, did you guys see that one? Yes. That one. Yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, yeah no, it was fantastic. Now I got to watch Paddington too, right? Obviously, because <laughs> it'll inspire me to be a better man, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's on my list, though, now. I got to watch Paddington too. It's like two yeah. dueling Jesuses. <laughs> that shit was just amazing when he said Exactly. No, I mean, I have to say my favorite thing about that movie, and it was kind of a subtle thing, but I loved how throughout the movie, Nicolas Cage would just be doing something, like grabbing a cocktail or a bag of peanuts, and in the background there would be a TV of him like from the rock being like, let's come to chit chat, a hole. And he's yeah. just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine with a catalog like that how you would just be doing something and then there'd be some crazy scene. You know, people would look at you and you'd be like, yeah, well, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. That's the work, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're just trying to like chill and have tea, have tea. And then like the TV behind you is like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what's funny. It kind of reminded me of that movie he did, um, uh, Adaptation. Oh, yeah. The way yeah. it was like a meta movie about movies. I mean, Adaptation was more a movie about books that are made into movies and kind of making that a weird parody of itself. Yeah. But this one I enjoyed more because it was funnier and it was more like kind of the tongue-in-cheek of Hollywood stuff. So it's like... What if two Hollywood guys got off on this tangent of wanting to make a movie about Hollywood, but then it's about nothing, but then they're like, well, we got to dash stuff in there to put meat in the seats, you know, which, I mean, I just thought it was really funny the way they executed it, because yeah. it had that sort of feel where it felt like they were writing it as they're acting in it or something, <laughs> right. you know, so it was, it was nice, it yeah. was a good job. You know what, I, there were, I didn't love it as much as I wanted to love it, just, but the, the first, the original movie was like, blew my mind it's the most incredible thing i've ever seen in my life so there was no way this was going to live up to it but the matrix resurrections had a lot had a lot of that where it was like this meta commentary on like calling out warner brothers and they're like well they said they were going to go ahead with a sequel so we got to yeah. fucking do it you know like well yeah no and there were parts that that did that that were really like spot on and oh really yeah funny. I, I, and yeah i like a lot that it was you know that was my only thing about the matrix uh the newest one is that when you're watching it you're kind of like like they'd make those comments and say, wouldn't it be a douchebaggy thing to do this? And you're like, yeah, kind of. And then they would do it. You're, right. like, well, you're like, come on, guys. Like, I thought we already went over this. Like, why are you doing the thing you just said is super douchebaggy? Yeah. But I don't know. It is what it is. I mean, that's the movie. You know? Yeah. Well, and that and and. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I and I I liked Matrix Re uh, Resurrections. I, I you know I I didn't dislike it, but shortly after that movie, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, and I felt oh, I felt like yeah. that scratched the itch that I yeah. wanted. I wanted scratched by the by that the Matrix. So yeah, I mean it's still my favorite movie. I mean we talked about this another time, so we'll you know skip this. I whole saw thing. a real piece of shit movie a couple days ago. <laughs> Incredible movie. <laughs> it was called. There's this movie. It's called Blackout. 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 Corey, when you were talking about the Elijah Wood thing, it's this guy. He um he blacks out. And he <laughs> wakes up in a hospital, and he doesn't know. But he realizes that he knows like he knows martial arts, and like he's really just ends up being like a CIA person. <laughs> I like. And 
and the hospital he's, he's in is like in Mexico, even though it looks like a, an American hospital, which sounded like a fantastic premise. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's going to get like weird and wild, but it, it sucked. Like most of it happened in the hospital, like just the escaping thing. And then they cut to, they cut to like where the original like uh, plot thing happened, right? In this old burned out house. And this mummy walks in. And I'm like, what is this mummy doing? Just out of nowhere? Nick Nolte. What? What? Nick Nolte? He's like the oldest man in the world nowadays. And he just barely can act. And he just sort of grumbles every line out of his mouth. And it was was bad. That's Nick Nolte for you. Oh, man. He does a lot of side side mouth, side lip. Yeah. Yeah, He looks looks like he's dead. Like he looks like like a a person in a coffin. (laughs) Well, and compared to him, fucking, um, uh, what's it? Like what, that's, well, that's, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. going to say. Fucking, fucking James, James Hong, who played Lopan, he's 93 now. And oh, wow. he, he was yeah. in everything, everywhere, all at once. He was like the old, like oh, racist, right. the grandfather and yeah. pro- probably looks better than Nick Nolte does nowadays. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's in my son's like favorite movie series of all time, you know, in Kung Fu Panda, he plays right. Like, the dad in all three of them. Right? I mean, the guy has the most like prolific, like, you know, career. And yeah. it's interesting. I read that it kind of, a lot of it kind of started with this movie sort of making him more of a national presence. Cause he'd done lots of like smaller movies prior to this. Um, but after doing this one, you know, if you get anything with John Carpenter, you get more well-known, even though this movie was a monumental flop. At and, the time. And yeah. You know what? I got to just start by saying, um, Big Trouble in Little China. This movie, you know, I don't even know how to start talking about it because it holds such an incredible place (laughs) in my heart. Like, and and I have to go all the way back to being like a child of seven or eight, Mm -hmm. maybe nine years old. When I first like watched movies on like, you know, channel four or channel six (laughs) on a Sunday afternoon. And there are certain movies that I equate to this, like movies like, you know, Private Benjamin or like uh, True Beverly Hills or one of these like, terrible sort of weird movies that's just on like on a friday night or you know like dark man was another one (laughs) like these movies right are just not great movies but they were cheap properties you could buy and you could play on television and so i don't know how many times i saw big trouble in little china barry gordy's the last dragon another one right like Uh i don't know how many times i saw these movies but when i watched them i was just like the fuck is this this is incredible like I don't even know what's going on here, but I love this. And everything in this movie, it's like one gets minute there's a guy with lightning powers. The next minute there's like a floating head with an eyeball coming out of its mouth. Yep. Like there's skeletons in the, the, the hell of the upside down. And as the movie's going, you know, this is the whole thing. We talked about this movie many times because we weren't even sure, is this a headcanon movie? Because is it a horror movie? Like, I don't know. Is it not? Like, is it... An action movie? Is it a weird spoof comedy movie? I mean, it's like everything. Yeah. It's like every incredible it's every movie. genre. And it's so ahead of its time because it's subversive and it almost sets the standard for what becomes a leading man like 20 years later. Yeah. Because you think about how, like, throughout the 80s and 90s, like, leading men were like Schwarzenegger and Stallone and stuff. And now we think of leading men as being guys like, you know, Chris Pratt or people who are kind of like funny and at the same time kind of action oriented. Right. And that's and that's what Kurt Russell was. He was this hilarious bumbling idiot that you could just 
take right out of the movie and you had a serviceable yeah. kung fu film. <laughs> yeah. Or you could drop Jack Burton in there and he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know what, what what's this? Like, what's this thing over here? Like, right. He never knows what's going on. And it's incredible. But he's always going to take control. He gives it like John Wayne ja- voice. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Well, and that's, and, and that's, and, it and, answered so well. Yeah. And to, and to your point, Josh, I really do think he's like right at this nexus of like, older action heroes like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood who would like, they take themselves very seriously. They don't want to do anything to make themselves seem silly or Jean-Claude Van Damme also comes to mind. Uh, how, they just like never wanted to do anything to like seem lame or weak or, you know? Um, and then, you know, and, and I've said this before, like after Jack Burton, there's almost no point to satirizing an action, a movie action star, because this movie just does it so well. And, and I think you're right that in this, like in 2022, this, like, whatever you want to call it, like postmodern, like ironic age of like everything self-aware, everything's like a joke about a joke, about a joke, about a joke. Like you're right that all action heroes, it's like Chris Pratt, the rock, like the rock. I was going to say, he's another one where it's like, he's massive and he's still, like this freight train, like Schwarzenegger, but he has this sweet, silly side, and you can see him getting bonked in the head, and right. you know, stars and whatever, because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's The Rock, like he'll be fine. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like it's an action movie, like you, can, you just can't take it. I don't know, you just can't take it that seriously nowadays. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, because if The Rock like shot a gun into the ceiling and pieces of stone hit him in the head and he knocked out and you were like ah, like it would work yeah <laughs> back then like nobody could get away with that and and maybe like even then you know kurt russell didn't get away with it because again the movie was a monumental like failure it was a huge bomb like you know it was one of these movies that in theaters people were like what the fuck is this like this thing is a mess but you know i think john Car- carpenter is also like when he made this, he was kind of making fun of a lot of those movies. You know, I mean, Kurt Russell also was a point in his career where he got turned down for being, um, you know, um, Han Solo, was it? He okay. had like auditioned to do that, but, you know, Harrison Ford had gotten that part. He'd been trying to get other leading man roles that had gone to other people. So this was like, you know, after doing the thing, right, and, and being so successful in that, also with John Carpenter. He, yeah. like, came back over to this thing, and they're like, well, we're going to do this whole thing that kind of completely subverts it. Because, I mean, Wu, isn't his, his buddy's name is Wu, right? Uh, Wang. Uh, Wang. Wang. Yeah, I'm Wang Chi. Yeah. yeah. Wang is, like, he's the hero of the movie. Yeah. Right? I mean, even though we start with Jack Burton in his car, you know, like, checks in the mail, like, <laughs> that kind of thing. I mean, Jack Burton is not the star of this movie. No, he's, he's, like, he's the sidekick. He's the sidekick. Yeah. Please, Who doesn't know he's the sidekick, which I heard that description. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's yeah. Good. The he's way just... he narrates stuff, he's narrating it from the perspective of the leading man. Even right. Though, he's, you know, like, he's he's he fucking talks about stuff. He's like, he doesn't know what's going on. Right. He's like, if Watson thought he were Sherlock Holmes, right? Like, if if <laughs> if Watson was under the delusion that he were the one like solving all these crimes, that's what Jack Burton. Well, it does not open up with Jack Burton like, well, let me tell you what old Jack says, right? It opens up um, with the older guy. Um, oh. The, the egg food egg, guy. Egg uh, Shin, yeah. Egg Shin, yeah. And it's because the studio, they didn't understand. They didn't understand why Jack Burton wasn't the, the lead guy. Like, they thought he was an oaf. And so they made them put that scene in there. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Well, in the, in the movie, the script got rewritten a bunch of times, apparently. Like, I heard originally it was supposed to be like a Western, like an old Western that took place in San Francisco, Chinatown, back like when it was a gold rush city. And then they kind of turned it into this new thing. And then they added, like, they were like, well, why don't we just put catacombs under San Francisco? Like, there's haunted Chinese catacombs. Like, we'll just put that shit in there. And so it just started kind of snowballing into this weirder and weirder thing. But originally, it was supposed to be a very, very different kind of story, which I think also is part of why Kurt Russell brought this, like, sort of sheriff coming to town thing, even though, (laughs) like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And, I mean, the best parts really are those comedy beats where, you know, he will... <laughs> I mean, just think about some of them when he'll, you know, like, he'll look at Egg, you know, he'll be like, what's that, Egg? Like, magic potion? Yeah, thought so. Like, what are we supposed yeah. to drink it? Yeah, thought so. Thought so. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't be more stupid. <laughs> and along for the ride. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I think also there's this whole other layer of that satire, too, that John Carpenter does in the way he writes the script or the scenes. Like, the kidnapping at the airport is so ludicrously funny. Yeah, you know, with like weird glasses and the kung fu display. Um, <laughs> what about when like there's there's a commotion happening and there were these? It was like seven or eight people looking like to the left and to the right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Do you remember that? These are like movie conventions that just don't matter, but he puts them in there because there's. Or <laughs> like, no, my favorite one is there's a meeting point. We're like, all the characters are kind of talking about what's going on. And there's this great moment because it's like an exposition dump. And John Carpenter, you can tell, just hates that he has to do this. Right. So in the scene, there's literally like, you know, Gracie Lawton or what Gracie Law or whatever her name is. She's asking this other woman. She's like, she's like, what do you know about Lopin? Oh, you mean Lopin? Like the industrialist who's doing this oh, stuff? Yeah. But who also is doing this other thing? Like. And they go, and she's like almost rolling her eyes at like this long explanation where they're like, "Hmm, interesting that he lives down at the docks and might be operating at this thing." You might want to, and they cram it all into like a four-minute scene, all while Jack Burton's on the phone complaining about insurance. Right with his insurance yeah. company. He's over there like, well, goddamn it, it's in the glove box. What do you want? From me? Yeah. <laughs> and they're all talking about everything that matters, and he's just like over there yeah, yelling at people. Not paying <laughs> attention at all. <laughs> his relationship with with wang and how it's like kind of combative at first like they're gambling and and then but then as soon as there's like this mission and and his his fiance or girlfriend what's her name meow yin as soon as meow yin gets kidnapped they're like driving in his truck and wang is like jack i can't ask you and that's that's all he gets he gets like four words out and jack's like where is it like he is down like as soon as there's like jack is such a loyal friend he's like He's like, I'm down. Let's fucking yeah, let's is, let's ride. Well, I mean, once Jack is pulled into the, you know, into the adventure, he's got to see it through. And I mean, that's how you know the check really is in the mail. Yeah. If you're like a little little dude like Wang, and you're marrying up like as much as you are, <laughs> like Jack Burton's gonna save the day. He's yeah, he's there happen. for he's you. Yeah. Well, because I think 
I think that Jack also knows he might end up being in that wedding. He might like end up meeting a lady before he's got to hit the road, you know, because Jack ain't going to settle down. I mean, a Rolling Stone guy that's so awesome, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he's always going to have some reason he's got to yeah. skip down. But I, you know, uh, it, it, no, that's what's great about Jack, too, is he he has really no discernible skills. I mean, he has a couple, but very few. Like, he drives a truck. He is good at making really obvious bets, right, that he will definitely win. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm going to cut this bottle in half. He's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Like, his his you know. reflexes, reflexes second to none. His, his reflexes with catching a knife that's been kind of tossed underhand to him. <laughs> I don't yeah. <laughs> throw it, but what he actually receives is basically me being like, here you go, pal. And he just grabs and throws it right back. Now, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to take away Jack Burton's one great accomplishment, but. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the guy's not, he's not at the top, you know. No. Uh, so we all watch this as young children. I mean, well, maybe not children, but young men, whatever. Yeah. Whatever called. Yeah. Did we all think the the three guys were like the most incredible thing on earth? Like the three storms, it, yeah. Let's let's talk. I mean, we gotta we gotta spend a little time talking about the three storms, right? And the impression it made on me. Because at first I was like, oh my god, that lightning special effect is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then it was like, oh my god, these guys fly. They're gonna come into my bedroom and take me. Yeah. And then of course, my final thought is, oh my god, did that guy just blow himself off? What the fuck was that? <laughs> Yeah, I like. I've never understood what that is about. <laughs> well, and I like. I I can't. I I watched this late last night. I wanted to watch this with my kids, but the weekend was busy. I didn't get a chance to. I'm looking forward to watching this movie with my kids for because there are so many hilarious parts, but especially that part where the guy he sees that Lopan is dead, and my interpretation is he's just like so angry and beside himself. He's just like. And just fucking ex- explode. I mean, that's the only thing we can think, right? Right. He just rage it's like quits. The garbage pale kids came to life. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. He, he looks just like that. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. even Steven or whatever. One of the- <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, but it's it's hilarious. It's so funny, and it it comes out. And I like I know it's coming because I've seen it so many times. But like I can just imagine my kids' reaction. Like, um, (laughs) right. No. Well, have you guys seen like Bill and Ted's bogus journey for a while? Like recently at all? There's a part where station, he's like two little creatures, right? And then there's a part in the parking lot where they like start stomping their feet like bulls and they run, (laughs) they run at each other and they jump and collide. And then they turn into this like weird writhing, wriggling blob. Before uh-huh. that, and I just remember watching that with my kids, and especially my middle daughter. We were just like doubled over laughing, and she was like, "What the fuck is happening? What is this?" Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's, man, when stations do that, they're like nervous. They're like shuffling their feet, like I don't know. This feels right. Like it's like an <laughs> thing in them. They know they can merge into one. <laughs> This is what aliens that merge do, right? Is they catch each other up and be like, we're really doing this? Like, uh, yeah. They only had, like, they had merge education class in alien school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't want to get too off topic here, but I just want to say, I've, I've been reading a lot of graphic novel stuff recently, just for, you know, whatever reason. 
Right. You guys have read Alan Moore's uh, series on Swamp Thing? Uh, no, I haven't read that. No. You really should. You really should read it. It's fucking crazy and awesome. <laughs> and yeah, it, it amazing. I mean, if you like Watchmen or like From Hell or yeah. V for Vendetta, Swamp yeah. Thing was like what he did before all those. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. Anyway. Okay. Nice. Well, just, did I you... was just thinking about that just now. You can edit all this. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But... Well, speaking just, of, you know, we were talking about merging consciousnesses and aliens and shit. Right, Swamp. absolutely. No, <laughs> you should look at Swamp Thing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, well, speaking uh, in, in that spirit of kind of getting off on a tangent, did you see Werewolf by Night recently? No, no, I haven't. Oh no. Okay, okay. Have you? Did you see Werewolf by Night, Brent, on Disney Plus? I feel like it was the black and like white. That's a movie I saw advertised on a streaming service. Yeah, it's the like black. It's it's one. It's Marvel's Halloween special. It's like an hour oh, long. I did watch that. I was working, but I put it on and oh, okay. I was watching it in the background. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, okay, <laughs> weird kind of Harry Potter werewolf sort of thing. And it had a swamp man thing. Man, man thing. Yeah, man, man. Man thing is like Marvel's version. Like Swamp Thing is DC. Man thing is is Marvel. But the. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was it was pretty good. Like it was a nice homage just, to like classic. Yeah, that's fine and everything. I don't know about man thing. All I'm gonna say <laughs> is that swamp thing is like more of a cross of Doctor Manhattan meets like nature, right? Uh, which is just way crazier and more existential and more about life and death and the universe and um, I don't know. Okay, it's, right. Well, Damn and thing. and, and to tie to, to tie it all together, Adrian Barbeau was in the Swamp Thing movie, right? And was it wasn't oh, she wasn't she married to John Carpenter for a while? They were together for a while. I think you're right. Wow, man, nice work. <laughs> Segway. This, yeah, no, this is why you're in charge of this whole shit, dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> right there, not right there. Yeah, that was it. yeah. It's my extensive <laughs> Adrian Barbeau knowledge. Yeah, we don't have to cut all that nonsense out. We were just talking about it. You can keep it all in if you want. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to edit more, so he was like uh, racking his yeah, brain. Brent's like, exactly like right. <laughs> Yeah. No, there's. Oh I, man. Okay, <laughs> let's see. What are some other things we can talk about with um, Big Trouble? How I, about like how often they repeat the most cringy dialogue in a way that makes you want to laugh? The way they're constantly like, "Eyes of creamy jade," like <laughs> all yeah. the time with these, with these. Hello, Mister Button. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> the way they do these one-liners, and and of course Jack the whole time as John Wayne. I mean. Everybody's doing like a caricature, and it's still fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, and, and I and I did to what you were saying earlier, Josh. I read that yeah, there were like a couple guys wrote the script, and it was like set in the old western times or whatever. And then the studio didn't want to go with those writers, so they brought another writer on to completely rewrite it. And then I read even after that, like John Carpenter cut some like like things that might be a little more offensive to Chinese Americans, and um, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and and I don't know, as someone who's not a Chinese American, I don't know how offensive this movie might be or what things they got right or wrong about, you know, Chinese le- lore and mysticism or whatever. Well, I mean, but, well, yeah, go ahead. I, oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that what a lot of what I read were that was was from the actors who were in the movie. And they were talking about how great it was for Chinese representation and actors getting to do things they had never done before and kind of like having a leading role. And, um, you know, everybody from Dennis Dunn to... um, Yeah, there's so many people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, And and that's the thing. I've heard a lot of takes on this, and, and I'm kind of in that camp where 
especially for the time it was filmed. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, even now, you know, you'll see, you know, movies that kind of feature this sort of Eastern, like, theme or style to them that will have certain, you know, sort of, like, characteristic things to them or stereotypes that are applied. And I think the thing about this movie is it doesn't insult or punch down on the culture at all. Like, if anything, it does the idiot white man who's, like, caught up in this, right. you know? Yeah. Jack Burton is the butt of the jokes. Like, all of the Asian-American characters in it are the heroes and the protagonists and the people who are really involved in drama. And so that's what I always say that's so funny about this is that, you know, with the exception of some weird John Carpenter tweaks, like the strange ogre-like Sasquatch thing... <laughs> <laughs> or, or, like, I don't know what that is. Right. Or, like, uh, you know, I mean, there's just things like that that feel like they're his. Like, you put them in there. Or, like, the head with the eyeball mouth. Right. Thing. Um, those things feel like kind of John Carpentery. But if you take that stuff out and Jack Burton, you have what is, like, a, you know, again, a very serviceable, like, kung, kung fu, fu film. Yeah. That has, like, sort of mysticism and stuff. So it's meant to be fictional rather than saying this is what real you know chinese life and culture is like it's like oh what if it's a fairy tale from chinese culture um so i don't know like in in my view like i've seen stuff made in the last like 10 years that to me is more offensive than this is <laughs> because oh, yeah. of the way carpenter presents it and, and i think again it's because he he really flips the paradigm on like so many of the things in this film like all of the things that usually work one way are the opposite in it which is why I think a lot of audiences at the time watching were like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> how is this a movie? Like, what is going on here? Right, yeah. yeah. Which is what I love about it. Like, yeah. yeah just... <laughs> it's the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, just like when he... Oh, man, I love the part where Jack uh, Jack Burton is, like, on the back of Thunder and he's got the knife to his throat. And, 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 and Wang is like, come on, Jack. And he's like, how? How do I get off him? And he, like, throws him in the wheelchair and Jack is just, like, flying backwards in this wheelchair. Like down this corridor, yeah. Oh, it's so incredible! I love that scene where he's, he he rescues himself, and then he pushes himself away from the hole, and then very like dramatically jumps out of the chair. Yeah, <laughs> the chair goes flying back. Yeah, right, right, right. Or like, how about how about like when they pull up into the alleyway, and the two like groups are gonna fight. Yeah. And and what what are the two the the, the hip song and the they, like the the, the, ch the, the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong yeah okay so you have these two groups and I love how one is like doing a funeral kind of thing and right. then the other one just shows up with like weapons and guns ready and it's like some of them have swords and some are just rocking revolvers and right. shit where you're like wait a minute what the fuck is this like, you're right. bringing guns to this fight and then the best part is how the dudes who are the pallbearers, like, break the casket into swords and battlements, like, because they knew this was going to happen. They're like, right. let's bring the battle casket, you know? <laughs> and roll up on us, like, while we're there. Yeah. <laughs> they're all just ready to rock, like, and, and thrown down in the middle of this. And then they have, you know, and again, if there's anything that's offensive, it's when they bring up these crazy things like Chinese standoff. Right, yeah, which 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 is just a funny contrast to like a Mexican standoff, you know? You're like, what the fuck is that? But and see, and that's the thing is, I think it's that weird mishmash of things. Like it was supposed to be a western, and then it turned into this, and somehow 
that line snuck through. Right. You know, it's like they were going to have some Old West standoff that turned into a Chinese standoff that turned into a bunch of guys with guns and swords just staring at each other right. until one guy starts screaming and then they all scream in battle. Like, well, for who well, knows why. Well, that, that scene in particular is where you're like the most – because at that point you're like, okay, this gang called the Lords of Death, they've, they've kidnapped Miao Ying – and like so they're they're trying to they're trying to find the lords of death, right? Yeah. So clear. then they drive into this alley and then there's a random battle between the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong and you're like, "Wait, who are these fucking groups?" But then Lo Pan <laughs> comes in with the three storms and at that point you're just like, "Okay, I have no clue what the fuck any of this is or how it ties together, but I'm here for it." Like And the most brilliant part about it is John Carpenter literally builds a set that is a block with like one building in the middle and they run around in a circle right back into where they were. And you're still like, this is great. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. no goddamn right. sense. They run over and he splashes some puddle water in his eyes and then they run right back into the fight. You're like, what guys, you were just there. Right. Like, why right. would you go that way? And the gang, the gang, I love that the gangs are still fighting in the background. Like they're still just well, yeah, no, everybody's just battling someone like somewhere. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I feel like if you got hit at all in that fight, like your arm or leg, anything just like snapped in two. There's oh, so yeah. many of those scenes like, ah! just, like snapping things. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean <laughs> there's just so many incredible moments like that. What is what is the what is the line? I mean I was so busy, I didn't get to rewatch it yesterday, like I'd hope, but what is the line where he's like, t- t- like they're all on the side of the door and he opens it up and it's full of guys and he closes and he's like, yes. might be in trouble. Like, what does he say? Uh, he's, he, says, he says something like, uh, okay, well, he, I, and this is a paraphrase, but he's like, okay, it should be smooth sailing from here. We're going to open this door and we should like be able to get to say, and he opens it up and closes it. And then he's like, he's like, uh, he says something to the effect of, uh, we might be trapped. Or... <laughs> yeah, we might be trapped. <laughs> no, I mean, bar none, though, and I don't, I don't know another movie that's ever done it as incredibly. The self-aware moment after they drink the potion and they're riding in the elevator. <laughs> we talked about this last time, but I, I have to bring it up because we're just yeah. talking about favorite moments right now. Yeah, it was great but to see. Way... I was thinking about you the whole time I saw that scene. Oh man, it's it's so incredible. It's just like he has him stand in an elevator. And they must have just had the camera rolling, and he's like, "I just want you guys to like hang out." And they're just smiling, like feeling pretty good right <laughs> yeah. now, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's feel... almost like they just, you know, got drunk or like shared a joint or something. <laughs> like a... one guy even like rubs Action's shoulder. Like, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're all like just battle. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like they just took some fucking ecstasy or something. <laughs> you feel like I can take on the whole. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like in reality they would have gotten shot in the chest and then the others just see like little paper hearts just like burst out of someone's chest instead. I mean it's hallucinating. It's just so funny and oh, man. I just I don't know if any other movie where they just take a moment to be like yeah. it's about to pop off, right? But we just took that magic juice. <laughs> you guys ready to rock and roll? Okay. Yeah, I feel fucking great. Yeah, no, I yeah, I love that. One I love and before that moment even like when they go, because Egg Shin is like, it, he's like a tour bus driver, and then he's like, okay, he's kind of knowledgeable. Knowledgeable, he knows about uh, Lopan and his shit, 
And then they go to his place and he like gears up. He like puts on his uniform and he's got all this fucking like smoke bombs and explosives. And he's like, all right, I'm fucking, I've been. Well, yeah, he's got his gem that he plays the virtual reality samurai video game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With their giant <laughs> avatars. Mean, meaningless. Like nothing happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Half the things in this movie are nothing. Like they don't, you know, it's like even when one of the, like when, when lightning shows up and starts doing this he never actually kills anybody or hurts anyone people just look at him and they're like whoa dude chill out with that shit <laughs> and, and he's just like yeah you see it like you see it. i can't believe it either <laughs> yeah but he never actually uses it i mean does he really use it like i don't think he really does not people really. run from him using it but he never actually connects the no, most like, he uses it for is that ritual to like to make the girls become wives or whatever yeah when they when they serve when they when when gracie and meow uh are levitated holding onto the swords and they yeah. survive the burning blade and tame the savage heart that's mm-hmm. that's what lopan says right because he has a savage heart and the two of them tamed it right, right. well and, that, and there's the, like there's yeah. like and there, that's weird about lopan because there are two parts of the prophecy like he needs a, a girl with green eyes to make him flesh again to appease a god or something. But then also a or second uh, and then like a second part of this prophecy is that he also has to sacrifice a green eyed girl to appease the ancient emperor who made him uh non-corporeal who like turned him into a dream so that's that's why he's excited he's got two girls with green eyes he, he's like i can marry them both and then only kill one of them <laughs> but but i love that scene where earlier in the movie where where jack burton dresses up in his suit and he goes to the the white tiger that you know, he goes to the whorehouse to look for. <laughs> oh yeah, I know immediately what you're talking yeah. about. Just because he's got those glasses and looking for a girl with green eyes, if you got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's such man. He's so funny in that part as this like slime ball, you know, guy. But but it also reminded me there's a movie that came out a few years earlier, a 1980 movie. This movie came out in 1986, I think 87, and. There's a movie that came out in 1980 called Used Cars, where he plays a used car salesman. Have you seen this? And no, but I'm familiar. He wears the same outfit, right? It, dude, it's a very. I almost wonder if it's an intentional nod because he looks like his character from Used Cars. And that movie, <laughs> when I started working in the industry I'm in now, like four years ago, right? Um, it's like s- sales. We sell compute. We sell like Dell servers, right? And the CEO of the company I, I worked for before, uh, the CEO and president, he's like a crazy guy. He's, he's like a wild, like he's, he's, uh, a very intense guy. He's like really out there. You don't know if you're on his good side or his bad side. And he would just like fire people just because like they looked at him weird. It was real crazy. But yeah. like one time we went to lunch one day and he gave me a ride in his Rolls Royce and and demonstrate and he demonstrated how you could open the door and pull an umbrella out of the door right uh-huh. and then to, to shield you from the rain but then you put the umbrella back in the door before you get in the car and the door dries the umbrella <laughs> there's like a dry so anyway um so this guy 
I had worked there for a couple months and he was like, okay, you're doing pretty well. I think you're ready for like the next level of training. And I was like, what? Like, okay, sure. And so he gives me this movie on DVD. He hands me used cars with Kurt Russell. <laughs> and, and he's like, he's like, go home and watch this. So I went home and watched it. And I thought it was a joke because Kurt Russell's character is like the sleaziest, smarmiest, slimiest, like car that show. That was his Wolf of Wall Street, right? It, was dude, like, you got to check this out. Yes, absolutely. It was his Wolf of Wall Street. So I was like, this has to be a joke, like whatever. So I went back in the next day and brought him his movie. And he's like, okay, pop quiz. And so then he starts quizzing me about this movie. And I, I found I found out that like he was serious. He was legit. And like, so I just started to answer the questions from the point of view of like, okay, if I were a sleazy car salesman who would do anything to get a sale, like any terrible, unscrupulous thing, like I'm going to answer all of his questions like that. And so I did that. And then afterwards he was like, yeah, good. Congratulations. You got it. And I was like, what? This is insane. Like, what is happening right now? Yeah, Josh, these people were total assholes to Corey. Like, Corey told me this story one time about they brought him all, they brought him and, like, maybe, like, one other person out to go eat. And they just, like, left you guys with the bill. Like, they went to, like, a fancy-ass restaurant. Corey, like, just started. That's always nice. Yeah, me and this me and this other dude, had, we split this bill. It was, like, I don't know, it was over $100. And my buddy was looking at it like, damn, because they just like threw a 20 on the table and left. And then it was me and my buddy. And we were looking at it like, shit, you know. And I was like, I'll, I'll, I was like, I was like, I'll split this with you, man. Like, I'll, we'll go 50 50 on it. What it like, you know, I'll do what I can. So many good things, man. I'm trying to think of like, we ran so Oh, I've got a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, the werewolf monster guy. Yeah. Yes. Now, this could be, this could be like a weird, like Sean Jones, um, um, last action hero situation. Okay. We, we interviewed a guy um, oh, Friday, Josh, and he'd watched Last Action Hero as a kid. Oh, and yes. Went, I saw it in theaters, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, yeah, oh, yeah. I saw it in the theater opening weekend, okay? <laughs> and I fucking loved it. I don't know why everybody hated that movie. I've always loved that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I guess Let, it's great. There's been a huge resurgence, and now people say it's great. I fucking loved that movie when I was like 11. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Before it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would be like, oh, isn't that the worst movie? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think it's fucking great. This guy said that when the scene in in the movie theater comes up, right, when the boy sits down, (laughs) he went and he got up and he went to the bathroom. And when he came back, the kid is in the car with Schwarzenegger, and he had no fucking clue what was going on. That's incredible. So anyway, I had this, I had that moment for this movie. I always thought it was like a weird, like random thing that like suddenly the end of the movie happens right before the credits roll. There's this big werewolf monster that pops out of the back of his car. Yes. Was it because I only saw it on like TV, like caught it midway? No, that's just, that's just how the movie is. Like that monster shows up two other times in the movie, but for just a second, like he scares Gracie. And she he, screams, he, and then faints, and he pick grabs her and like carries her off. Yeah. And then there's maybe one other scene where someone opens the door and it's like, and then they're like, oh shit! And they close the door and that's it. Yeah. The werewolf monster's the only person getting shit done in that movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and, then, and it only happens twice. It's kind of like the eyeball head thing. Like it shows yeah. up like two times, and it's super memorable. But you're like. Why? Why is this here? Right. Like, who, <laughs> well, who, who went to all the 
the trouble to make this floating <laughs> head practical effect thing, and then they somehow like edit it into the movie, and it's there for like 180 seconds. I mean, I love it, but it's barely there. Yeah, and that's um, what thousands of dollars that thing costs. Yeah, oh. no, and then at the end, yeah. like you said, the, the 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 Bigfoot, you know, monster, like he's on Jack's car for no for, for no reason. He's just there, like <laughs> like there's gonna be a sequel. That was never going to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, intended I, for there to be a sequel? Uh, or was there? I, I, I don't know, but I would love, like, I, I, and I understand why it didn't happen, but I think you could tell so many stories with Jack Burton, just like writing, well, writing in and out of these random adventures. Like, I think okay, that's well, then, rich. Then you guys are probably not aware, and this is what's going to make the headcanon for this so difficult. Do you know there is a whole graphic novel series that followed this? No. Um, there is several. There's like quite a few issues. I've, I've read a few online. But literally the very first issue begins with Jack driving the truck and the monsters in the back. And it starts to crawl up into the back of the window. And then they start fighting. So like <laughs> the comic picks up exactly where the movie leaves off. And it goes into all these weird things where, I mean, at one point, from what I gathered from what I was reading, Jack dies and he goes into the many different hells that, like, they talk about, like, the hell of the Upside Down or the hell of the whatever sinners right. or the hell of yeah, the... Yeah, the, the hell of... Well, I, if I can for There's a minute, they, they, talk, they talk about the hell of being chopped up, the hell of being... of boiling oil, the chopped of... Uh, the hell of being skinned alive, and then finally, uh, my favorite hell, they talk about the hell of the horny dragon. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also the hell of the Upside Down sinners. Yeah, yes, in the water. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, so lots of well, hells. <laughs> so apparently, and again, I, I didn't get to read as much as I wish I could have. They're hard to track down because there was a short print of them, and it was like 10, 12 years ago. But I was trying to dive into this and search for them. This one segment I read, <laughs> Jack is in the hell for people who were murdered by morons, and he meets Lopan there. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> because he was killed by And Lopan's like... Dude, I'm in this fucking hell. Like, you know, more or less, he's just like, thanks, Jack. Thanks for putting me here with the fucking people who were fucking killed by idiots, you know? Man, that's and, hilarious. And Jack just doesn't quite get He's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, how did you get here? Like, he doesn't quite put it together. Right, of <laughs> like, course, he's yeah. He's the idiot who killed him. He's like, but I killed Like, what do you mean? This isn't for idiots. Like, <laughs> man. So, like, that's the thing is, as I read about some of the synopsis and things, I was like, man, there's a lot of great, great big trouble lore here that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I saw a comic book once that blended Big Trouble in Little China with Escape from L.A. Oh, really? It was like oh, a it's like a one-issue crossover thing. That's fun. See, I want a, uh, you know, I, I, I want them to make a multiverse with all of his movies, like... With, with you know. John Carpenter movies? Well, no, no, um, with Kurt, uh, Russell. Kurt Russell. I want a, I want a Russell-verse. Okay. Kurt Russell-verse, right? Where, like, all of the Kurt Russell, like... You know, it can be, like, Ego from, like, you know... The, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and, and then he, you know, he runs afoul of, you know, like, uh, Jack Burton, who's, like, tied up in some situation with, uh, you know, the dude from, like, uh, you know, what is it, uh, 
the, the Tarantino one where he's basically <laughs> Kurt Russell's just playing himself. Right. He's like, well, I'm just gonna have to shoot you because I'm fucking Kurt Russell. Right. Like, and then <laughs> and then he wa- and then the sh- like Sheriff Wyatt Earp wanders up from uh, from fucking well, Tombstone. He's gotta be involved. And and not to not to mention the guy who uh, marries Goldie Hawn in Overboard and <laughs> pretends to be <laughs> right. Jesus. Poor wife. Oh man, that's another one. For that uh, Saturday afternoon channel for Overboard, yeah. man, Kurt Russell is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just gotten so good. Oh, I remember earlier, um, he actually auditioned for Indiana Jones. That oh, one too. He got really? turned down for also. He got, yeah, yeah. the Harrison Ford thing. See, and that's why I think he ended up going this route because he was like, yeah. okay, Hollywood doesn't want me to be that guy. I'm just going to do these other weird, funny things. Or it's like Hollywood yeah. already has that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, he did, like, you know, kind of horror thriller movies. He did, like, sort of weird comedy, like, action movies. He just did things that were different from what other people were doing. Or just yeah. straight comedy stuff, you know? So, I mean, I don't know, though. It's one of those things. Like, I feel like over the years, he's just gotten better and better. And now he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like one of those legacy actors. Yeah. Where when he shows up and stuff, you're just like, ah, it's Kurt Russell. <laughs> like, there he is, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, there's some guys who kind of do this because they're still around and they never really ran afoul of anyone or had some right. awful sex scandal or some terrible thing that makes you hate them. Yeah. <laughs> you can stay in Hollywood like 40 plus years and not get like accused of any horrible things. Like, you must be a pretty decent guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and, Goldie Hawn, like, are, are they, they never got married, right? Were they, like, kind of always together as unmarried couple or whatever? I think like, so. I think they're still together, as far as I know. It's fucking crazy. Like, again, it's like, what an awesome dude. I think and their I, daughter, I, what's her name again? Was, Kate. Uh, I was going to say Gwyneth Paltrow, but I know it's not her. No, no, no. Um, uh, fucking, what is her name? Kate. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, why can't I think of this? Sorry. Middleton, yeah, she married that guy, that, no. that, uh, that royal, right? Get out of here. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, thank you. Yes, 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 Kate, Kate Hudson. Hudson. That's, that's their kid? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah, Kate Hudson's their kid. And also the guy, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell, who plays the, uh, new, the, the fake Captain America in the, in the... Yeah, you know, he was in that, um, horror movie Overlord. Did you guys see that? I've not seen that, no. That was cool. That was actually pretty cool. Like, it starts off as a really intense World War II movie and then turns into a weird kind of like Nazi experiment mutant in underground bunker thing. So okay. it like, yeah, it starts off as very uh, World War II-y and then takes a hard left turn into some fucking yeah. creepy like, yeah, stuff. So, you know. <laughs> Overlord, man, decent movie. Over- I've got it on, I've got it on our list, Brent, so. <laughs> Yeah, oh cool. yeah, but you should that. check it out. We can always talk about that one <laughs> some other time. Maybe that'll be yeah. the next one we cover. <laughs> oh man, there's just too many movies to talk about, man. I mean, there's just so many out there. I rewatched uh, Crimes of the Future recently. Okay, uh, yeah, I think um, you talked about just, that. Yeah, on a previous episode. Yeah. Oh, you did get to do that one? No, no, I'm saying I think you brought that up on a previous episode. Well, I saw it in theaters, but yeah, I rewatched it again. I usually watch movies twice just to make sure they're not like you know <laughs> to cleanse the palate. You watch them once yeah. and you're like. Well, you know, of course I liked it. It was the first time I ever saw right. the thing. And then you watch it again, you're like, hmm, does it have staying power? <laughs> right. I mean, it's no big trouble in Little China. But, <laughs> right. um, but no, I mean, I go through, you know, it's like we've talked about this. I go through phases where I just want to watch, like, all of a, a run of stuff. And usually by director. So I rewatch The Fly and Existence and okay. several of Cronenberg's movies just to rewatch them. And 
Yeah, honestly, I think Crimes of the Future is one of his better films. I mean, The Fly is incredible, but yeah, yeah, um, you know, that's I love The Fly. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, you're we, not like Fly. Yeah, we, we <laughs> definitely yeah, covered that for sure. Watched it. It's, it's, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. and and the grossest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it's super gross. I mean, no, there's definitely grosser ones though. Man. I don't know. That's pretty have gross. You watched, uh, have you watched Slither, the one that James Gunn did? I yeah, I love Slither. Maybe yeah. A long time ago. Sli- I love Slither. Slither. So I was watching that with Eric when he came to visit, and we got about halfway through it, maybe two thirds of the way through it, to the part where she's like in the shed eating the yep. dead meat about yep. to explode with all the slugs and stuff. And Eric was like, "Bro, I gotta tap out. I can't. This is fucked up." And I was like, "What? You don't want to finish this?" He's like, "I can't, man. This is so gross." And then as he's telling me he can't finish it, they're like going into people's mouths, and he's like, "No." Fuck this. No. And he just <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you 10 years old? He's like, I'm not watching slugs go in people's mouth. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and then he just went off to bed. I mean, but that one is definitely one that like revolts quite a few people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got that on our list as well. Yeah. We'll definitely cover Slither. But we've done, we've done, uh, for John Carpenter, we did, uh, we've covered Halloween and we did sure. his, we did his Apocalypse trilogy, which, uh, is the thing Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. And this movie right, right, right. this movie had some stuff. I feel like he was playing with some uh concepts in this movie that would carry over to Prince of Darkness. Cause in Prince of Darkness there's a lot of like marriage of science and mysticism and um and Dennis Dunn is in it. Victor Wong is in it. Like a couple guys from uh Big Trouble in Little China are in uh, Prince of Darkness. So I, f- I feel like, at least for me, there's some, um, you know, connection between Big Trouble and, L- and Little China and Prince of Darkness. At least as far as, like, where Jar- John Carpenter's head was at when he was sure. making those movies, you know? Well, and he's one of those really interesting guys who, like, he walks that funny line between being a filmmaker and also a guy who just makes movies. And so sometimes <laughs> I think he just is getting, like... You know, kind of like they joke about in that Nicolas Cage movie, but it's like he's just doing the work and just getting it done. And he also, I think, more than a lot of directors, he's had a lot of, like, blank check films where Mm. because of the popularity of, like, Halloween or something like that, they're like, hey, you just do what you want to do. Like, take this money, you know, make this movie, do whatever you want to make. And then sometimes it really comes out like a fucking mess, like Big Trouble or, like, that Vampires movie he did with... um, (laughs) James Woods. What's... James Wood, oh, such a bad movie, so terrible. I mean, and and just the whole, every minute of it's bad. But it was one of those things where there's just like, here's all this money, do whatever you feel like. And, you know, John Carpenter's like, yeah, whatever, I'll just make this fucking movie. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, or or Ghosts of Mars. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Sometimes it's just like, what do you want from me? You wanted a movie, I made you a movie. Like, get out of my face. Uh, That's actually the best thing about, um, you know that that company, uh, the Canon Films. If yeah. you guys have never seen that uh, documentary, we yes. probably talked about it a long time. Yeah, I really ago. enjoyed that documentary. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what's so incredible about that is you know that was a group of people who were like, we're not trying to make cinematic history. We're trying to make money, and people go to movies and they want to be entertained, so we make entertaining shit and we put it in the theater. People don't watch it, whatever. We won't make that. We'll make something else. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe they, they got away with it for a while too. Now though, I mean the the entry cost of movies is so huge and yeah. you know for a lot of like uh independent filmmakers it's so hard 
to get your work out there in the first place, much less get it into theaters or get people to pay attention to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a much it's a much different thing now. Like, and this is why I think movies like this this Vengeance movie B.J. Novak did, it's an incredible film, but one that I'm sure was really hard to promote and like was in very few theaters. And the theaters that did have it, it was at the tail end of COVID, and just nobody saw it. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't get appeal. But like I I looked it up like online, and the ratings for it were like. 6.8 or 7.1 I was like nobody's watched this movie like this movie's really good and you know people just haven't seen it huh I'll, I'll check that out because BJ Novak is in it did you see his um he had a children's book it was like a book with no pictures or something do you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah I forget was that the name of it a book with no pictures yeah it was a weird like sort of play on words thing for little kids you know to get them to say like silly words and stuff but yeah it was it was he, he does like interesting projects and he did um some of the better episodes of the office were right. written, produced by him yeah um you know there's a couple seasons he was really the head of and i mean i've never been a huge office fan i mean it is what it is but um there's definitely higher and lower points and he was you know kind of the, the spearhead of a lot of the higher points so i think i think the guy has a lot of great ideas and this was without a doubt when you watch it you're like this is a passion project he had wanted to put together for a long time it's it's funny it's very like you know poignant it's it's topical and and it has to do with a lot of the things that like i think americans uh politically and socially are dealing with in terms of how we're divided as a country and, and mm. things like this it also just comments a lot on this idea that you know because like when things get desperate and hard in life, people want there to be more to the story. You know, we don't want to just accept that like my cousin died of a drug overdose because he was a drug addict or this person like died right. in a car crash because people die in car crashes all the time. Like a lot of times. That sounds like woke Jack Burton. Well, it's one of those. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might just might be. And you know the thing about Jack Burton <laughs> is when you need his help, well, all you gotta do is pick up the phone, pick dial up the, C- the CB radio, and ask the person to connect you to the only man who can solve a real crisis. Yeah. I think the reality though is Jack Burton would have driven with those Canadian truckers to like. <laughs> Oh yeah, the Trump flags on the side of the road. Yeah. Dude, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about Jack Burton doing that. I mean, not when he's hanging out with Wagon stuff, man. I mean, his best friends, you know, wouldn't be down with that right. shit. I mean, but you know, I, I'm telling you, if they, if no one ever yeah. gets Kurt Russell to come back and play Jack Burton in anything, uh, right. that'd be a waste, man. I mean, think, think of how many people would if you just. All Tarantino has to do is make a movie, show a trailer, and in it put featuring Jack Burton, and he'll sell like a hundred million tickets. Yeah, it's so it's true. Perfect character to do that too, because like he doesn't even want to have get the girl at the end. Yeah, right. It doesn't it's even matter. Like, I don't even want to kiss her goodbye. You don't even have to have him really in your movie. Like you can have a movie about whatever, and then in the midst of it. A car could pull up that's like smoking and half destroyed. Somebody's like emptying the, the empty clip out of their Uzi, and Burton's like, "How did we get into this one?" <laughs> just, and then he's out of there, and you're like, "There he was." Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's that's I mean, amazing. Just saying, wasted opportunities, man. I mean, and and yeah, I guess if we're gonna if we're gonna 
talk about headcanons, that's the only headcanon I can really offer, right? I mean, yeah. my headcanon is that somewhere in every movie there is a Jack Burton. <laughs> you just have to look for him. You just have to look for him. But he's there on the sidelines going, the fuck is happening right now? Like, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Who are these guys? He's like the Nick Cage movie playing in the background of every like Nick Cage scene in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he really is, man. Uh, it's and it's just such a beautiful thing that they, you know, he crafted this character. And it, I mean, and that's you know, as we mentioned before, kind of, you look at modern like cinema now, and so much of what it became. Like, think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. How long it yeah. took him to do a movie like True Lies, where he had comedy beats in it. I mean, it took years and years, and it wasn't until they were like, oh, is he washed up? Is he on the downswing? Is there anything that could revive it? And really, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things where Kurt Russell, even going back then, he's always been a man who isn't, like, necessarily this, like, chauvinistic, like, you know, uh, manly man. He's just, like, an ordinary man. He's a regular man. And that's one of the things that makes him so endearing and lovable is, like, you know, you can't watch a movie with, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme or Schwarzenegger or Stallone or one of these guys and identify with that because they're fucking monsters. Like, their verticality. Yeah. And that's the thing that always makes me laugh is, like, when you watch something like Jingle All the Way and Schwarzenegger's like, oh, gotta go get presents for the kids. It's like, when? Between your nine hours of lifting weights every day? Like, when do you do this? Yeah. Whereas when you see Kurt Russell in a role, you're like, yeah, I believe that could be my dad. Like, that guy's and he's, he's got such forgivable characteristics, Russell does. Like, even, like, in the sewer, when they're like escaping and like, he like, he like just kisses her, kisses Kim Cattrall, like on the mouth, like for no, and, and she's like, Hey, and he's just like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm just really glad I'm alive. Like, it's like, okay. Like, yeah. Like regardless of who that person was, Jack Burton would have kissed him or her. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't die. That's another thing action movies never have is there always be like big explosion thing caves in. And nobody just takes a second and it's like, holy fuck, guys. Like, can you believe we didn't die? Like, wow. Yeah. Like, I've got an example for you. Dead. Like, that never happens yeah. in movies. <laughs> I have an example for you. I was I was at a stoplight, right? Or a stop sign, four-way stop. There's a fire truck in the other lane coming the other way towards me, right? And I'm in a line of, like, five cars. I look at this fire truck because it's, it's, it's going. It's lights to go and sirens going. And I see something behind it, man. Trailing behind this fire truck was like 40, 50 feet of a, of a fire hose. This fire hose is going clang, clang. I mean, like from sidewalk to sidewalk. Sure. Like, damn, bam. It's coming, and it's coming straight at me, going the opposite direction. I'm in, I'm behind somebody, and I just did this. I just, I like leaned over in my passenger seat just because I'm like, the coupling is going to smash through and faces of death me. <laughs> Right, right in the head. So it goes by. You know what happens? The the hose wraps around the stop sign and yanks off the fire truck, and the fire truck keeps going. Have I never told you this story? No, that's fucking wild. When did this happen? So this happened. I was working at Warren Warren Township as a third grade teacher, and I was on my way home. So it happens, right? The fire truck it goes by. I had taken my foot off the brake. And had just gently, like, idled and nudged the person in front of me, right? 
I didn't even notice. I didn't feel a bump. I was just, I'm like still like adrenaline's going. I'm scared. Right. And so like I raise up and I'm thinking like, wasn't that fucking weird? And then the lady in front of me gets out, walks over to my car and goes, get out of the car. Back it up. No, no, sorry. She didn't say get out of the car. She goes, back the car up, back it up. And like I backed it up and I got out and she's like, oh, look at this. Oh man. Like even your cars. And I'm like, and I, and I was like, I'm really so And I, then I stopped her. I was like, you saw what I saw too, right? Like, <laughs> you saw that flailing death coming. That's I was like, either of us could have died if that stop sign wasn't there. Like, that's weird, right? Right. And she was like, I guess. And she got back in her car and drove home. <laughs> Jesus. Dude. That's, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. I thought, I don't know, you know, I thought someone was going to die. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. No, I don't, yeah, that, I, I heard that. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things that makes me feel like I'm finally becoming an old man because I I find myself frequently in situations where I look at people who are just like, eh. and I'm like, for real? Like that <laughs> semi truck almost killed you, and they're like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at people and I'm like, wow, you just you just don't care about anything, huh? Okay, what? I guess I guess I'm old fashioned because I drink. <laughs> Like, I don't want to die today, but you know that's me. Whatever. Well, and and I've I've like I've thought about shit I did when I was younger, like going skydiving, or uh, there there was this cave. Like I got really drunk and like really you know messed up, and and we went through this cave where you've got to like belly crawl. It's like maybe a foot tall at one point, and you've right. got to like squeeze through the end to get out. And I was like, and I'll think back on shit like that, and I'm like, you know, I and I, I went. Um, What's it called? My my daughter's had a thing where you go, there's a line, zip line. You go zip lining, right? Sure. And, which was fine. I strapped myself to it and I jumped down. And I was like, but but now that I'm like pushing 40, I'm like, man, if I fell off this thing and like paralyzed myself or killed myself, I'd feel like such a fucking asshole. Like, right. like, doc- go to the- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Brent, the the hell of like zip lining assholes. But like, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like, why, like, why, <laughs> why, like, why would I, like, why should I do That's this? That's not what dumb... I said, Josh. His was better. Yeah, no, I mean, I was, just as you said, I these other ones, the, the hell of the hasty zip liners yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, just doing this dumb shit and then fucking, uh, yeah, just, and then that's it. Boop, done, you know? Like, yeah. No, how it's, stupid. It's, you know, and it's funny you mentioned that because like, uh, you know, the other day I was doing some work and sometimes I put movies out in the background um, when I'm doing work, you know, like for Halloween because I like horror movies. And I was watching The Shining recently, and and I don't know if this says something about our time or like you know what it's like being a working man in America. Yeah. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, I know what's coming. I'd still consider this job. It seems pretty good. <laughs> I'm like watching the movie going, that's a well-stocked kitchen. That's a lot of free food and right. Maybe a lot of time to catch up on my reading and smoke a bunch yeah. of weed. And, How many different rooms do you think he fucked Shelly Duvall in before he went crazy? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem. Not enough. He's Not enough, enough. yeah. yeah. Then, you know, he should have... I mean, because, dude, you have that whole winter. You could make, like, 
the toilet paper room where it's all just draped in TV, like every inch. Yeah. You can the caveman room and just find stuff to do that with. I mean, yeah. you have months. Right. <laughs> like, all you, I mean, you know, you find, like, maybe I'm just more of a creative person. And yeah, I'd have to bring a lot of weed. And that was the thing that crossed my mind is I was like, eh, it wouldn't be a problem. I don't really drink. I don't have any weed. And then I was like, wait a minute, those ghosts would probably take it all away. <laughs> And then things yeah. would get dicey because yeah. they'd be like, "Come on, you just got to do this to get a little of it." Oh, you fucking ghost! Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, pretty sweet deal. I mean, yeah, that does sound. Yeah, yeah, staying in a hotel for like the whole winter by yourself, like you. Get- oh, it's like five and a half months too, because it's yeah. like, it's like a long ass winter. Yeah. And I was, you know, at first you're like, "Yeah, how hard could it be? Like six to eight weeks? What is it?" And they're like five months. So I was like, "Oh, fuck." Yeah. Ghosts can't afford to be prudes. They're fucking ghosts, man. Yeah, they're ghosts. I mean, plus they're watching you all the time anyway. Right, yeah. Convinced me they're the ghosts were naked in that movie anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, right? I mean, right. Like, to everyone's horror, they were. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or dressed in, like, dog costumes giving BJs to wealthy old, right. old industrialists. Right. See, this is the other thing. It's like, when you're just walking around in your briefs, man, like, the blood elevator opens, or you walk into an orgy, it's an easy cleanup afterwards. You just hop in the shower, you don't have to worry about your clothes being ruined. It's like, right. eh, you Spray know. off, just a little spray down, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good to go, yeah. right? You can back into it. Awesome. <laughs> I, I I just don't think, you know, they never show scenes where they're out, like, making snowmen. They never yeah. did that once. Come on. I yeah. mean, you gotta get a little bit more... Is snow angels, maybe? <laughs> maybe. The mom might have done it once. With oh, okay. <laughs> Danny was like, no. spend the day out there really doing stuff. And all that food. You know, I'm watching it, I'm like, she's not doing her end if she's not, like, making cakes. And, like, oh, I made biscuits this morning. I'm cooking a ham. You know, I mean, just do that to stay busy. Just so people are coming in like, damn, this place smells good. It's like, yeah, I have enough food for an army. Like, eat whatever yeah. you want, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I was always jealous when I saw, like, the, the, the meat freezer. Yeah. yeah, right? I'm like, they never, like, really are taking advantage of that. You don't see me one dinner together. Yeah. Come on, well, Shelly. <laughs> well, and it's it's been maybe two... <laughs> It's been two or three years since saying, I read. <laughs> you know, all work and no play. You know, she could have made dinner for Jack like once. <laughs> for old, you could have made dinner for old Jack sitting here <laughs> typing away at the typewriter. You know what Jack always says: all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> Give me a sandwich, hun. Give me a sandwich. <laughs> Is there anything else uh, we should we should we should start wrapping up here? But is there anything else about this movie we didn't touch on? You guys want to talk about before we jump into head cannons here? Oh, I got man. one thing. I, yeah. I think the weird tie-in with like the sewer coming up and and drowning people was very weird and, and clever. I well, like when the elevator went down into the water, you're talking about? Oh, or yeah, the elevator. Yes, is that what happened? 
Yeah, they got into the elevator. Oh, I they it or something. Have okay. Well, that's when it opens up, and they're in the hell of the upside down sinners, and then they swim up to like where the porthole is, and that's where you know the the storms are, and they're like, "Ha ha, gotcha!" You know, yeah. like because they just swim into a trap. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's very elaborate. Weird. Terms, but they could have died easily. So I don't know. Yeah. Those are always strange traps. Oh, you know one thing we didn't talk about that I gotta mention. What's that? The uh, stress ball torture. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Just such a, I'd like it, again. It just makes no sense. Jack's standing there, or wait, no, Jack's sitting and Wang's standing. Is that how it is? Or no no. I think it's the other way around. I think He's Jack's standing stand- because he doubles over. Yeah, I think Jack's yeah. standing there. But anyway, he takes the little round, like, almost clown nose ball. Yeah. That looks like it's made of styrofoam and then gently blows on it and it lifts up and then slams into his stomach and knocks him out. And the thing I love about the scene more than anything, besides it being completely stupid and making no sense, is that when he does it, he's doing it to Jack, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. The, when he does it in the scene... Jack has no idea what's about to happen. He's like, <laughs> what is this? What's this ball thing? And if you look closely before he does it, there's balls all over the floor. All over the floor, <laughs> yeah. For like hours. <laughs> he goes to do it again for like the 12th time. And Jack's like, what are you doing? And then it hits him in the gut as if it's the first time it's ever happened. <laughs> it's one of those things where I don't know if it's bad editing or if John Carpenter just didn't give a shit. Because like, he, he's clearly in this movie, he's like, eh, it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's like an audition tape that he made. It's just like, here's some shit I can do. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, well, we forgot that there's a bunch of. No, that was the third take. We don't do more than three. But, John, we. Third take. <laughs> right, yeah, we're on a. We, we've got to hurry up and get this movie yeah. made before Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child comes out. You know, we've. Like... <laughs> exactly. And that was the thing. They were like, what are the chances of a martial arts horror movie or, like, mystical movie ever happening? Right. Ever? And, like, uh, yeah, 80, 80s, com- 80s comedy, kung fu, mystical, like, Chinese mysticism movie. Yeah, coming yeah. out at the same time. Yeah. This was like the Armageddon and deep impact thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it happens sometimes. Or like A Bug's Life and Ants. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. get it out. Well, and you know, it's funny. I've, I've, I've listened to uh, some podcasts and read some things about how that it's basically like the way we joke about it is what happens. Like somebody green lights a thing and then somebody from a studio, some intern tells a friend who's got a friend at Universal who's like, Disney's doing what? They're making a fucking movie about bugs. Well, let's get somebody on this. Yeah. And then they just yeah. find somebody, you know, randomly. And they're like, oh, who are we going to get? Can we get this person? Like, let's get it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And they literally do that. They compete to see, like, if we can get out two months early, then people will see our movie and they won't give a shit about this other one. And then they'll think it's the ripoff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so, then yeah. I, I actually read, like, John Carpenter was offered a chance to direct the golden child before he was attached to big trouble in in little China. Like it was, really? it was that incestuous. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. No, it's funny how those things happen. I mean, yeah. Which I still yeah. have, I still haven't seen the golden child. I need to, I, I need to watch the golden child. I haven't watched, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's terrible. Since I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it being Hey, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no way it's a big trouble in Little China, but 
definitely not like trouble. It's it's really like when I watch good movies, I ask people like, how many big troubles would you give it on a scale of five <laughs> big troubles? So you're saying four big troubles? So like good, but not as good as big troubles. Little yeah. Got it. yeah, it's yeah four fifths of a big trouble. That's like my daughter's report card. Yeah. They, they go to Catholic school now. And on my daughter's report card was like, instead of citizenship, it says like, Christ-like behavior. <laughs> like, who's getting a, I turned to my wife, I'm like, who's getting a check plus in Christ-like behavior? Hey, hey you don't know, man, has your daughter been giving fish out to people? <laughs> you gotta you know, you should ask her, you been turning water into wine, sweetie pie? <laughs> Plus, 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 Christ, like, have her balls been bleeding? No, 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 no producer Arquette stuff going on. (laughs) She's just a regular little girl. Next week is our Christmas episode, fucking already, apparently. So we're covering 2010's Finnish film, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. So be sure to check that movie out, and as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at HeadcanonPod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. Well, do you guys, uh, you have a, a headcanon you want to dive into, or I can go first? It doesn't matter to me. Go ahead, man. Okay, I'll go. Mine's very simple. So mine is just that. The monster with all the eyes, right? The 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 spy for Lopan. He dies. He's obviously murdered in the movie, right? Was he? he it looked like it. It looked like he was killed. Yeah. So the so all right, the, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. We'll go with it. Whatever. We'll go. With it. So then so then we cut to we cut to a, a cozy little cottage with another eye monster. But this one has like big eyelashes, right? It's yes. obviously like the wife of the eye monster. And yeah, then there, there are three tiny little eye monster children who are now like, they're like, mommy, where is daddy? And she's like, he was murdered by, by Jack Burton. And so this, this wife, <laughs> this woman, this eye monster woman and her little children have to figure out how to navigate life and survive after the vicious murder of their hardworking father. <laughs> That's my headcanon. I love this family. Wait, where do their, what they see, what the family sees though, like where does that like transmit to? <laughs> it do they have other yeah, people yes, that it, take it? It transmits to other random people. Just like. Named Lopan. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> My my head cannon involves three children as well. Okay. <laughs> just really good. Weird. Good. It's just really it weird. Involves a child too. While we're on the topic, but go oh, excellent. A golden <laughs> child. So I had this idea. Well, it's based on the premise of that, like Jack Burton at the very end is. And Josh and I were talking about this earlier. Is just like, well, they're they're saying like, aren't you going to kiss her goodbye? And he's like, yeah. No. No, I'm not. And he just like leaves, you know, I'm thinking like he's done this before <laughs> and he'll do it again, you know? And so like, I thought he like, you know, Jack has had, he's had run-ins with other women after heroic events. And so in this case, years later, Egg Shen mentors his, um, <laughs> uh, his illegitimate children 
in the next movie called Three Bastards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get, so it's like instead of three ninjas, it's. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> three childish or, or fatherless child. I like you know yeah. I like that headcanon that that Rocky Tum Tum and Colt were actually. Uh, Jack Burton's illegitimate, illegitimate children. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so my movie opens on a birth, right? And we see a young child that grows into a young man. And as he's growing older, we watch a movie that unfolds that's a romantic uh, comedy of sorts. But there's a whole romance story going on that this young man's not involved in in any way. His best friend is actually caught up in a whole love triangle and trying to sort out the situation while his good friend offers support but also thinks one of the women's interested in him she's not though so as the two um, become closer and eventually propose and marry each other the friend is shocked to learn that she wanted to marry him and it's at that moment when he drops the love letter he was going to give to her that he professes that no woman will ever steal Jack Burton's heart again. Oh. <laughs> and we learned that as a young man, this is when he truly became Jack Burton. <laughs> and his voice goes from the tender, young, innocent voice of a young man <laughs> to, to, to the a John guy Wayne who, well, if he had to hit the road right now, he'd lace up those boots, <laughs> grab his coat. And he just stick his thumb out and keep on walking. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love I love an origin story for Jack Burton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, which of course is a whole other movie that he's really not involved in, but he thinks he is. Yeah. And the tragedy, <laughs> is, oh, the tragedy is, is that he learns at the end of the movie he was never part of any of it. Yeah. Uh, I I want a franchise of Jack Burton movies so badly. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they're not cashing in on this right now. I don't know, man. It's just a, it's, it's just, it's a sack of money sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> just I, on I, the and, table. and nobody's grabbing it. So I don't know. I, I have to wonder, and I would love to know the answer to this, how many like crazy bullshit scripts and requests Kurt Russell gets like in a month to do something involving, Hey man, I got this script. It's involving Jack Burton. Okay. Let me stop it right there. <laughs> Right, hold up, hold up. Yeah, you know, like, I that's love valid. Jack Burton, I do, but 
maybe more would just taint the perfectness. <laughs> That's valid. Yeah. No. Spe- speaking of though, did you hear that uh, Harrison Ford is taking over for William Hurt in the Thaddeus Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I had not heard that. I knew that they were bringing that character in, but no, I, I did not know that. They're going to have Harrison Ford do it. Huh? Yeah, they're bringing Harrison yeah, Ford Kurt into Yeah, Kurt Russell it. tried, but they wouldn't let him do it. <laughs> they were like, no, your son is already playing the role of the new Captain America, like the, the janky Captain America. You can't. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and really, though, who better could you get to be Ego than like somebody like, I mean... Like, look at this, son. Look how fucking great I am. Oh, no. He was so good. He was so good as Ego, yeah. So perfect. Because you're just like, yeah, no, his dad's Kurt Russell, but from space. Yeah. Well, he's he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, I was in love with your mom, so I had to give her cancer. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, this part of being a guy, right? Sometimes you got to give him cancer. <laughs> oh man, he's so great. No, and, and like uh, one of my one of my favorite lines of his of all time uh, is in that Hateful Eight movie. Uh, you know that Tarantino did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so great. Man. There's a part where they're riding in the wagon. I don't even remember what they're talking about, but they say something, and he's like, "For you to make a comment like that, to say something like that to me, makes me want a horse laugh." And then he does this thing with his mustache. <laughs> Dude, I fucking lose it every time. Yeah. It makes me force. <laughs> no, he's ridiculous in that movie, yeah. He's yeah. so good. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, Josh, is there anything you want to point people toward or plug before we wrap up I here? Think I, I, think, I think I got my plugs in for movies this time. You know, we talked about that Vengeance movie. It's a good one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, already, we already know how great uh, me, my, or, 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 you know, there's so many things. Plugging personal, eh, no, nah, man, I don't talk about myself. You know how that goes. <laughs> I do my own thing, man. I, I keep that shit off the radar, but I like to talk about movies, so that's why we do that here. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. No, well, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, we got, yeah, got so many more movies to talk about. So. Oh, there's so many. Maybe we got to do Slither eventually. I mean, we've talked about that one before, but. Uh, I would love to do Slither. Yeah. James Gunn, just, I mean, very early on, I was like, I, I like what this guy's doing here. He gets it. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen Bullet Train? I didn't go to no, it was Brad Pitt. I love that. Did you like it, Josh? Uh, you know, there were there were parts of it I liked, but I felt like uh, there was just there was too much in it. Like okay. it needed to be edited and kind of slimmed down. Like it was pretty ADD. Yeah, some stuff like just like um, and again, I'm not as up on pop culture as some people might be, but uh, the one assassin is a musician, as I understand it, named Bad Bunny. Is this correct? The guy who's in the white outfit who, like... Oh, yeah. He's a musician, like, in real life? So, so the thing is, yeah, in real life, he's, like, a really famous musician named Bad Bunny who, I guess, sells out every show, and yeah, he's okay. from, like, Central America or something. Anyway, that whole thing seemed really, much like, shoehorned in. Like, it had no reason for being there, except he is really, really famous, and it would bring people to the theater. <laughs> so, right. you know, sometimes with stuff like that, I'm kind of like... You know, I get it, but yeah, you know, it's it's fun to watch. I wouldn't call it a film, but it's a good it's a good flick. You know, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's they've got entertaining parts, but like yeah, they yeah. could have taken that character out and it would have changed nothing. You know? I think maybe, and I and I learned this term on this show, 
it could have been, I think, similar to recency bias for me in that I was really looking forward to it. And it was like this brand new movie coming out. I don't know. Maybe, maybe do, do well, that's why I rewatch a lot of again. stuff too. Cause I, I get that too. Like when I go to the theater, I like the experience and I think it's fun. And sometimes I rewatch it later and I'm like, man, this kind of drags in this one part. Like I don't really want to watch this all again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, theater experiences definitely change that, you know, they make it a lot more intense and fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, like I had a fun experience watching, uh, the minions rise of Gru, right? And that, yeah, that was a, that was a fun theater experience. Not one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it was a great theater experience. So, well, you know, and I mean, I can say this too about this um this Super Pet, the League of Super Pets movie they did. <laughs> yeah. You know, my son and I we put it on one day because it was like it was new, it was there. We were like, whatever, we'll watch it. <laughs> and then as we started watching it, I was like, you know, honestly, this is a serviceable script. And you know, Kevin Hart and uh, The Rock have like good chemistry. They're funny together. And then you throw in a bunch of other comedians on top of that with, again, a decent script. And you're like, this movie's not terrible. Like, I've seen way worse kids' movies in my life. Right. Like, I could watch this one and laugh, you know, so good for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm just saying, some yeah. movies you watch, you're just like, oh, shit, this is... I like that one. I saw that one. Did you watch it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, my daughter had her birthday party, and that was the movie that they watched. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking, but when you watch it, you're like, all right, that's pretty funny. Yeah, Mark Maron's in it, man. That dude's awesome. The whole movie was great. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, I like, like... Uh, who was it that they got to do the main villain? It wasn't Kirsten Wig. It was it was another SNL alum who uh, they got to do that weird hairless guinea pig that was the bad yeah. guy. She was great. Like, <laughs> she was fantastic. Yeah. You know, my my son was watching the movie Bad Guys the other day. I think that was oh, the yeah, name of it. Oh yeah, we saw that one too. And and I, I saw that one in theaters too. Well, and I, I realized Mark Maron was the voice of the snake, and I was like, oh yeah, fucking Mark oh. Maron, you know, like, yeah. and he's, I mean, he's a great, uh, he's a great voice for cartoon characters like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that and that was another one too, where it's like. Is it a, you know, Ocean's Eleven style ripoff thing? Yeah, it is. We all knew what we were getting into. Yeah. Is it fun to watch a little kid see that switcheroo shit happen for the first time? Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. It's funny as fuck. Like, my son was like, oh, 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 oh. Like, and I was like, yeah, dude, now you get it. He was like, what kind of movie was that? Like, they can't do that. Right. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that's the whole point, dude. Right. That's, that's, that's a heist movie. That's what a heist movie yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I mean, you know, we've talked about this. This is the thing that I love about movies is there's this sort of essence of how you get lost in them and forget about, you know, whatever you're dealing with, uh, whatever life is kind of thrown at you, things like this. You kind of just go in and you watch them and lose track of stuff, you know. And that, to me, is is one of those things like few things do. I, you know, we're going to see, because um, they do these 25th anniversary showings of it, we're going to go see um, Spirited Away on Sunday. Nice. You know, okay? nice. Which is nice. It's a horse movie, right? What's that? It's about horses. Uh, Spirited Away is the um, one of the uh, Studio Ghibli ones. It's the one that um, involves the little girl who goes to a bathhouse for spirits. It's that Japanese um, movie. Yep. By, uh, I, I know what you're, you're talking about. Now, yeah. Yeah, whatever his name is. Do, do you know, he did like... Um, yeah, they're trying to find the green-eyed girl. <laughs> With eyes for creepy Jane. No, I mean, it's the same people that did, like, Totoro. And, yeah, I um, can't. What's that guy's name? Like, uh, Hold on. You know, uh, Miyaza- Miyazaki. 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 Isle of Dogs. Miyazaki, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, it is awesome. always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for the fun evening. I had 
pretty stressful day, and I'm super exhausted and probably should have skipped this, but, you know, whatever. You feel better? Yeah. That, you yeah, feel no, better I mean, that's the thing. Kids are going to fucking learn whether or not I do the paperwork and or not, you know. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter how well I do the IP. They're still going to look at me and be like, why do I have to read? Right. Like, yeah. I don't want to be no. a dumbass. No, I yeah, I appreciate it. Like my job was a was a huge pain in the ass today, and this was uh this was a nice nice break, nice little uh, reprieve from that. So. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> awesome. I will thank you, well, Josh. Gentlemen, you just let me if you ever have a hole in uh, your schedule and you want to do another one, you know where to find me. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In right, Michigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in Michigan. All right, thank That's you, right. and thank you, listeners at home. This has been Head Cannon. Yeah! Oh,